You are listening to the Aging Starts Now podcast, where it's all about responding with confidence to the legal, financial, and personal challenges created by disability, unexpected illness, or simply aging in general. Join us weekly as elder law attorneys Tim Takis, Barbara McGinnis, Chris Johnson, and other members of the Takis McGinnis Elder Care Law Team talk about the tools, techniques, strategies, and services that will make the elder care journey easier for everyone involved. Get ready, because aging starts now. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Aging Starts Now. I'm Deborah King, one of the elder care coordinators at Takis McGinnis Elder Care Law. Today we are talking about Medicare and sorting through some questions we are often asked by those who are new to the Medicare program. Joining us for today's discussion is Josh Hunter, a Medicare specialist here at the firm. Welcome, Josh. Hi, Deb. Thanks for having me. Sure. Well, Josh, because there are so many questions when it comes to Medicare, we're going to break this into two Frequently Asked Questions podcast. Um, but we're going to start out today by just talking about um, what Medicare is and what I need to do and when I need to do it. Sure, sure. I think that's a a complicated question that a lot of people get mixed up on. There's so much information out there, and it comes from so many different directions. It's easy to get lost in what applies to you and what doesn't. So I always like to start this conversation from the 10,000-foot view, right? There are two different pathways to an individual receiving their Medicare benefits. The first we're going to call Original Medicare. Now, this is what most people think of when you're thinking about Medicare. This includes Medicare Parts A and B. Now, Part A is what I like to refer to as, you know, inpatient insurance, and Part B is outpatient. Sometimes you'll hear hospital and medical. But the idea is they're going to come in to pay 80% of those related expenses, and they can't overlap sometimes. Original Medicare will also include, or should include, Part D, which is a drug plan. Now, this is a separate, you know, program that works with Medicare from a standalone company. That may be WellCare or Humana or Aetna. We've all seen those names. And they're going to help you get your prescription meds. I always joke that Part D is the most sensible part of Medicare. D is for drugs. (laughs) Now, it doesn't inherently come with Medicare. You're going to have to pick that up on your own, right? Most people are going to start off with A and B, but you got to get you a drug plan. And the last piece of original Medicare is called a Medicare supplement. Now, you'll also hear it called Medigap. But in my personal opinion, between Medicaid, Medicare, Medigap, it drives me a little meta-crazy. So I just call it a supplement. Now, that's intended to come in and pick up some of those expenses just don't cover. And we'll talk a little bit more about those in just a bit. But the other alternative, if you didn't want original Medicare, is called Medicare Advantage. And you've definitely seen those if you've watched TV at all in the last 10 years. Every commercial you see about Medicare benefits is really referring to a standalone Medicare Advantage plan. Now, this is an all-in-one alternative to original Medicare. While you're still a Medicare beneficiary, you do not have original Medicare if you're using Medicare Advantage. Now, for Medicare Advantage, you have to have A and B, so you couldn't have elected out of one of those. And it's going to include your drug benefit. So it's all-in-one. Now, these are HMOs and PPOs that contract with Medicare. But that's the 10,000-foot view of what Medicare is and how it works. So you have the original Medicare pathway and the Medicare Advantage pathway. 
And they both have their pros and cons really dependent upon your situation. Okay. Well, today we're going to just talk about the original Medicare because we could go on and on about all of this. So having recently turned the magic number of 65, I signed up for original Medicare. So why do I need a supplement? Well, that's a solid question. A lot of people see that as an added expense, and they don't know why they want to do it. Yeah, it is expensive. (laughs) Yes, it certainly is. Um, With original Medicare, remember, A and B only cover 80%. So of your medical expenses, either inpatient or outpatient or wherever, 80% is going to be picked up there, and you're responsible for the other 20%. So you can see how that quickly adds up. Now, Uh Okay. Small amounts for a doctor visit, but imagine a car accident or something major or cancer treatments. 20% can be devastating. That's why you go and pick up that supplement. So you pay a flat rate every month to cover whatever those expenses may be. Now, when you're healthy, that can seem really expensive for the benefits you get, but you have to remember insurance isn't really for when you're healthy. It's for when you're not healthy, right? When you really need mm-hmm. it. Yeah, that flat rate you're paying a month could really pale in comparison to what a 20% expense could be. Okay. So when my husband retires, he's going to have insurance through his company, retiree insurance. How does that fit into this plan? Well, retiree insurance can do a couple of different things. It really depends on your situation, but retiree insurance can act as a primary It can come over the top of Medicare where Medicare is required as a secondary, or it could come in and actually act as your supplement. It really just depends on what's offered. Some retiree coverage also is offered in the form of an Advantage plan, which, as you know, is an entire alternative to original Medicare. So it just depends on what you're offered. But the number one question you always want to ask, regardless of what it is or who you're getting it from, is my coverage creditable coverage? And does it cover both my prescriptions and my supplemental needs? That'll let you know what else you need to pick up, right? Because there may be some holes depending on what you have. Federal insurance is going to be different than private, you know, employer insurance or what teachers get through POMCO. You know, you might need a drug plan. You might not need anything. It just really depends on where you're at and what they're offering you. So I need to ask about credible coverage Uh and what it covers in relation to Medicare, whether it's first or second, and is it going to cover my cost? Exactly right. That'll let you know if you need a drug plan or uh, if you're going to be penalized if you don't pick something up. Having that information checks a lot of boxes for you and lets you know where your gaps are. So just like you said, does that cover my drugs? Does it act as my supplement? And is it creditable coverage? Okay. That'll let you know where you're at. Okay. So every year in January, my mother-in-law complains because she has to pay out of pocket. Hmm. And we go and look at it, and there's something about a deductible. Does Medicare have a deductible? (laughs) Uh, Of course, it's not a simple answer. Medicare has a few, and they work in different ways. So we'll start with the more complicated one first. Oh, okay. (laughs) Part A, right off the top, has its own deductible scheme, and it works in a unique way. So it's based around something called benefit periods. Now, please understand before I dig deeper into this, your supplement could completely cover your Part A deductible. 
it might, this conversation might not apply to you if you've got, you know, the right supplement for that situation. If you don't, then what you're going to be looking into uh, really revolves around when you received and used your Part A benefit. So if somebody uses their Part A, let's say you went into the hospital in January, like in your example, mm-hmm. now that's going to kick off a benefit period. You'll have to pay your Part A deductible, which is pretty sizable, right? But the annoying part of a Part A deductible is you might pay that more than once. So the way they look at it is if you are outside of usage of of Part A for 61 days, you will reset that benefit period, which means you might have to pay that again. So the way that works, you get different things while you're inside your benefit period. So there's different expenses, there's different tiers, and this all relates to your supplement if you have one or not. If you don't have one, staying in the same benefit period throughout the entire year gets extremely expensive. And what I'm referring to is those people who can't stay out of the hospital. You know, they keep mm-hmm. going in every couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Every time you use that Part A benefit, you've reset that clock, right? You have to have another 61 days before you'll reset your benefit period. So you could have somebody that has six benefit periods in the same year for Part A or just one. And you could pay out the nose in either direction, right, by paying that deductible over and over again or running into the fact that you're getting into some of the catastrophic and extreme care where you've been in the same benefit period for an extremely long period of time and heavily utilize that. Another reason why a good supplement is super, super important. Now, that's the complicated one. Okay. The other one for Part B is really simple. You have a one-time deductible for the year. Right, And that's just something you're going to pay off when you go to the doctor or use some form of outpatient services. The only supplement that covers this one was you know, Plan F, which we know has gone off the market. So if you have Plan G or something else, you're going to pay that Part B deductible every year. And that's something you can look up. It goes up a little bit every year. But the good news is you pay it off once and there is no resetting. There is no benefit period thing. Um, it's just going to be one tacked on expense. So that's probably where, you know, your family is seeing that expense is the Part B. Hopefully they got a supplement for the Part A. Yes, yes, they do. Okay. Okay, so I've got my medic- original Medicare and working on a supplement and a drug plan. What if I don't take any drugs? That's a good question. I- I've heard that. It comes up a lot. People are saying, look, I don't want to pay for something I'm not going to use. Uh, And that's a fine argument, but realize that if you don't pick up a drug plan and you do not have creditable coverage like we talked about earlier, you're going to build a penalty with Medicare. And what that means is when you do eventually pick up a drug plan, you're going to get that penalty slapped on to what you pay each month for the rest of your life. Oh, my. (laughs) I know. And most people, everybody I talk to tells me, man, if I had only knew about that penalty, I would have picked up a cheap drug plan to begin with. Right, right. I advise people who who aren't, you know, currently taking drugs. There are some really inexpensive drug plans out there, like less than $10 a month. Pick you up a drug plan, you know, so when you need your antibiotics or your low-tier meds, you'll be okay, and you're not going to build that penalty. We have families now here at the firm who pay more each month in penalty expenses than their plan is actually, you know, actually charging them. They may have a $10 a month plan and they're sadly paying $20 in penalties. Because they didn't know there was a penalty period. Exactly right. They didn't read the fine print. Yeah, they get so mad about it just because people don't really tell them and it's, uh, 
not easy to find unless you know what you're looking for. Right, right. Well, Josh, I was around many, many years ago before Part D. I think Part D came in like 2006. It did come out 2006. And, and before Part D, Medicare recipients had no prescription coverage. All of their medicines were out of pocket. Now, relatively, prescriptions may not have been expensive, as expensive as they are now, but still, there were if you got into a situation where you were taking a lot of medicines, it could get very expensive. Insulin and oh, yes. COPD medicines and things like that. So um, the small cost for a drug plan and what drug plans can cover is generally worthwhile. I 100% agree. And there was even a time frame where people's supplemental policies paid for their drugs. And I've actually run into a few really old recipients who uh, still have a plan that does that, which is unique and always exciting to see. But that's kind of the way of the past. Nowadays, you really need to pick up a drug plan unless you have creditable coverage. And one other point with that is you need to review it every year to make sure it's still the best plan for you because that changes. And how do I do that? Well, the government going to tell me? <laughs> no. Sadly, no. They want you to stick with the same plan and never look at it because they'll just roll over into the next year. But our savvy beneficiaries are going to talk to somebody who's unbiased, you know, somebody who's not trying to sell them something. But you're going to compare what pharmacy you like to use with the medications you're currently taking to help determine what's the best plan for you. And you do that between October 15th and December 7th of every year to get that in place for the first of the next year. So even if I just signed up this year, I need to look at it again in October, November, December for next year. Yes. It's crazy when we have those beneficiaries who are brand new to Medicare in November. And it's funny. We'll pick out a drug plan for two months and they might be on a completely different plan for January the next year. Okay. But yes, everybody needs to check every year. Do not get comfortable with that stuff because plans change, and it can really be a big out-of-pocket expense you don't have to have. Okay, okay, and that's coming up pretty soon, so we'll need to remind people again about that. For sure. So I have one more question, because we help my mother-in-law with her bills and things, And she has original Medicare and a supplement and a Part D. And then every so often, Medicare sends her these forms that are called, I think, Explanation of Benefits? Yes. What is that? Well, EOB is a really good report. We call them EOBs. They're Explanation of Benefits. This does not apply to somebody who has Medicare Advantage. They get a different report. Oh, okay. Yeah, if you get your EOB, they're usually sent out quarterly. And what that's going to tell you is when have you used your services, right? When has Medicare needed to pay for something? And a lot of people just throw them away and never look through them. Um, After working with Medicare fraud for a while, I highly advise you do not do that. Um, It's worth flipping through and just making sure that checks with what you've done. 
right? Did you go get that MRI on that date? Have you seen that doctor, you know, in the last couple months? Those types of things. That's really the number one way we've caught Medicare fraud over the years. You know, people billing stuff improperly or oh. upcharging something. You know, you didn't get an x-ray, but they billed you for an MRI or something. Um, so it's a good way to check and see what you've done. And then it also, I've seen it help family members when a beneficiary was incapacitated. So they couldn't talk. The family member didn't know what's been going on with them or, you know, maybe didn't know some of the doctors they see. And those, those EOBs can be a useful way to know, hey, here's what mom's been doing in the last four months or even the last eight if you, you know, keep the most recent two. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of gives you an idea of what's going on. So that's helped family members kind of get their feet under them in situations where mom couldn't speak for herself. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it's, it's a good piece of record keeping. You don't need to keep them forever, but at least review them, check it out, make sure everything, you know, lines up with what you've done. Okay, okay. And I think it's also helpful if somebody's billing you for something. Yeah. To, to make sure that it's run through Medicare and the supplement before you pay that bill. Exactly right. Let you know what you owe. You know, did you see that person on that date? Did they do what they claimed to have done? Um, did they bill your secondary if you had one? You know, was something missed? And I always start, you know, when families have a billing problem with both the bill from the individual and the EOB that lines up with that. So we can kind of make sure we're all talking about the same thing. You know, see if Medicare flagged it for some reason or if it just was somehow missed. You know, a lot of things that people considered fraud were actually just error. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's a lot of information, Josh. A's and B's and D's and EOBs. <laughs> but we do appreciate all of this information for our listeners. Um, we'll remind you that there will be a part two coming up soon. But that's it for today's episode. Thank you for listening. And join us again for part two of our new to Medicare topic. Take Us McGinnis is a life care planning law firm helping families respond to the legal and financial challenges caused by chronic illness or disability of an elderly loved one. Join us next week for another episode of Aging Starts Now. Thank you for listening to the Aging Starts Now podcast. For more information about today's show, visit tn-elderlaw.com, click on the free resources tab, and then click on Aging Starts Now. You'll find the show notes there. And while you're at it, why not check out all the free resources available at tn-elderlaw.com? Document downloads, the Tagus McGinnis blog, educational videos, informative articles, helpful links, a TV show, and more. It's all there free for the taking. If you enjoy listening to the Aging Starts Now podcast, please subscribe, rate the show, or leave us a review. It's easy to do on whatever app you use to listen. We would love your feedback on the show. Aging Starts Now. We'll be back next week with more candid discussions about challenges created by aging, disability, and unexpected illness.